This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. And a very good Erev Shabbos to you, and in fact, a very good Erev Rosh Chodesh to you as well, tomorrow and Sunday, the f- days of Rosh Chodesh Elul, a very special month, a holy month, a month of preparation, a month that needs our attention, a month that we have to think about and think about ourselves as well. It's a preparation for the coming year, and we'll talk about that in a little while. The Parsha is Re'eh, a wonderful Parsha, begins with the words, Behold, see, that I give you this day blessing and curse. And we have to understand what does it mean to see, to understand, to know. Blessing and curse, one would think, is something that doesn't come with sight. It's something which comes with understanding, a profound understanding, looking at various situations, alternatives, understanding the concept of, of choice and choosing correctly, recognizing good and evil, recognizing right and wrong, recognizing that which should be done and that which should not be done. How is that connected to the idea of re'eh, of sight, as Moshe opens up, re'eh onochi, God says that I am going to give you this day concept of bracha uklala, blessing and the opposite of blessing and what does he describe as blessing blessing is if you shall listen to my law says God if you will listen to the laws of God Moshe says and the klala the opposite of blessing if you don't listen to the law of God if you turn away from God if you unfortunately walk a different path walk away from the path of right of godliness of holiness and you begin to follow the path of strange gods, other gods, that you never knew, not supposed to know. This is how the Parsha begins. It's very apt that the Parsha, of course, is connected with the month of Elul. This Parsha is always read either on the Shabbat of Rosh Chodesh Elul or the Shabbat that we bless the month of Elul. Re'eh is the month of understanding the idea of blessing and curse. Blessing and curse is not to be taken in the simple sense of blessing is a wonderful thing and curse is a bad thing, but to understand as Torah itself describes what is the inner meaning of blessing. Blessing is doing something which is right. We often think to ourselves that by doing something right, we deserve a great and wonderful reward for doing that. And yes, we do. But at the same time, what is the ultimate reward? The ultimate reward is the act itself, doing something right. Doing something right is not only that which brings benefit to our lives in a rewarding sort of way. It goes much deeper than that. We are doing something which, in a sense, as you've often heard me speak about, completing the whole dynamic of God's creation. Every time we do something right, we fill in, we tick another box of that which is necessary in order to make all of creation from beginning to end, from top to bottom, to make it complete, to make it total, to make it what God intended it to be. And a magnificent garden, in the physical and spiritual sense, a garden which has beauty, which has all sorts of protective elements, a garden where a person can live in comfort in the fullest sense of the word. When we complete the purpose of God's creation. In other words, we bring about the coming of Mashiach, we bring about the redemption, the ultimate redemption. This in itself is the greatest reward of the mitzvah itself. Doing the mitzvah, doing something which God wants us to do, that's the greatest thing. It's like listening to a parent. A parent asks us to do something. Of course, we have to listen, but we don't listen only because the parent might reward us not only in the simple sense by providing shelter and warmth and a home and food and sustains and protects us, but simply 
to provide that which is necessary in terms of doing the right thing, listening to a parent. And what's the opposite of a blessing? The opposite of a blessing is not so much that you're going to get punished, but you walk down a strange path. You walk down a path of strange gods. And strange gods is not some sort of metaphorical concept. A strange god means to do things which are strange, to do things which are contrary to the will of God. I've often spoken about the idea of the differences between holiness and profanity, holiness and non-holiness. Holiness brings together unity. Holiness is something Kedusha brings the idea of complementing, of bringing together, of joining together of extreme opposites, the extremist opposite sometimes. And what is Klippa? What is the concept of the Klala? What is the concept of the curse? Fragmentation, separation. Strange gods are those that bring about fragmentation, division. We know in every single area of life, unity is a blessing, fragmentation is a curse. And while, of course, those involved in a situation of creating fragmentation might think to themselves that, after all, they are simply defending their own views, defending their own ideas, not recognizing and realizing that in the process of, so to speak, defending their own views, what they are bringing about is disunity, fragmentation, separation, something which won't allow wholeness and completeness. These are the strange gods, the strange gods that confuse us, the strange gods that tempt us along paths which seem to be wonderful and fine, but the moment we walk down those paths, the end result is disaster and separation, chaos, confusion, all sorts of terrible things. This is how the Parsha begins. This is how the Parsha talks about Re'eh. And Moshe says you have to see these things and the question is how do we see these things we can understand these things we can know these things we can appreciate these things from a sense of well a deeper and profound concept of looking at the value of each but to see these things how does one see these things and of course the other thing as mentioned earlier on not only is it Erev Shabbat today but tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh it's Erev Rosh Chodesh today tomorrow and Sunday our days of Rosh Chodesh, and we will be celebrating the month of Elul, a month of return, a month of Tshuva, a month of not only return in the simple sense, but to return to where we belong, to return to our source, to return to the place that we come from. And we have to understand those things. Where do we come from? You know, we speak about that the neshama, the soul of the Jew, is chelik eleka, mimal mamish. It is part and parcel of God himself. We have to understand what does that mean. And if, in fact, our soul is part of God himself, how do we return to that source? How does Elul provide the mechanism, the structure, the logistics for us to move from the place that we're in right now, to recognize the various elements, to recognize the right and the wrong, to recognize the holy and the unholy, to recognize the bracha, the blessing, the klala, the curse, to recognize these things, to change it in a way that only goodness and kindness and holiness will prevail and bring us back truly and completely to where we come from. More of that soon. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. 
we're talking about the idea of seeing things. Now, seeing things can be on a fairly superficial level. You see something, you see the outside, something external. You like it, you don't like it, but it is easy to recognize what it is. And sometimes sight is an inner sight, a profound sight. You have to not only see, but with that seeing comes a deep sense of understanding. You recognize not only that object, that person, that situation, as it appears, but what it is really in the fullest sense of the word. And when Moshe says to us, God is giving you this power of sight, he's obviously giving you the power of sight on both levels, to see things simply, to see things externally, to see things as they are, and of course to see with inner sight, to see things deeply and profoundly. He says the curses will be given on a mountain called Avol, and the blessings will be given on a mountain called Gerizim. And Medrash tells us, our sages tell us, these were two very different types of mountains. Hargrizim was lush and green, full of flowers and beautiful vegetation and growth, whereas Avel was bare and full of sand and rock and dust. And one understands the metaphor of that, that lush, green, beautiful vegetation, flowers, mountain, was a place of blessing, whereas that barren, empty rock was a place of curse. Sometimes you don't need much to understand the difference between right and wrong, good and evil. Sometimes all you have to do is open your eyes with a degree of honesty and look at the world, look at situations, look at the choices that you're faced with, look at the situations of life and what life presents, look at the world and see what it represents, and you will begin to see things differently. You will begin to Put things into proper categories. This is right and this is wrong. You know, I walk around and I often see things which are bizarre as far as I'm concerned. You know, people are slaves of fashion. They are totally and completely devoted to what's the, uh, well, what's the new thing now? What's the new thing now? They've lost a sense of taste. They've lost a sense of of beauty. It's all fashion. What's popular? What's the in thing? And one of the in things that really puzzles me is people walk around with torn clothes, torn clothes. And I'm told that these clothes with uh, tears in them are more expensive than clothes without tears in them. Now, some genius, crazy crackpot designer somewhere in the world said, I am going to teach mankind an incredible lesson of stupidity. I'm going to sell them torn clothes and make it so popular they will think that this is the end. And you see it everywhere. Men, women wearing torn clothes. Now, all you have to do is step back and with a little degree objective honesty and clarity, you will see that this is absolutely bizarre, ridiculous, stupid, even offensive if you think about it. But no, people are blind, choose to be blind, choose not to open their eyes and allow themselves to be suckered in to some crackpot's idea of what fashion is and walk around looking stupid. And as I said, Things like that don't need a profound sense of explanation, of insight, of understanding. All you have to do is look at the situation, and you will see how stupid it looks. On a more serious level, 
You take a look at the world and the hypocrisy of the world, the hypocrisy of nations, the hypocrisy of politicians, particularly when it comes to Israel, particularly when it comes to the Jewish people. It is so blatant. It is so offensive. It is so ugly. It is so terrible. And yet, nation after nation fall into that terrible trap of behaving in the most hypocritical, dishonest way when it comes to situations that suit them. There, too, all you need is a little objectivity. Just open your eyes. You need a little bit of sight. That's all you need. And you will see the difference between right and wrong, good and evil, blessing and curse. You don't need much sight. I can go on forever giving you examples, but all you have to do is walk through the streets of life, and you will see with great openness obvious levels of absolute nonsense that people have accepted upon themselves as a proper way of life. And you think to yourself, after all, a human being is a creature of intellect. A human being has a mind. A human being has the power of reason, of rationale, of objectivity. Why would people be so limited in their view? Why would people be so blind to truth? And the answer is, well, that's the way false gods do things. They take people down the road of stupidity, of confusion, of nonsense, and convince them that it's right. What Moshe is saying, I'm going to give you blessing and curse. All you have to do is open your eyes. You don't need much more. You don't need much more because it is obvious. It is clear. It will become clear to you in a moment of what's right and what's wrong. Ask yourself simple questions. How long can this thing last? Ask yourself simple questions. How long can people lie to themselves and others? Ask yourself a simple question. How long can people will behave in a stupid manner when it comes to every dimension of fashion. All you have to do is ask that simple question. I'm sure you remember that story about the emperor's clothes, where only a child, a young child, had the courage and the ability to say, but the emperor has no clothes. Everybody was ooing and aahing and cheering and Oh, how beautiful the emperor's garments are. The emperor had no garments. He was walking naked through the streets, and only a child in his honesty and naivete said, but the king has no clothes. And, of course, everybody looks at him with a degree of, well, sternness. How dare you suggest that the king looks like that? But immediately thereafter, everybody recognizes the truth. You need the honesty of a child. You need the naivete of a child to see the truth, the goodness, and the evil in the world. This is what Moshe says. Look at the two mountains. One is lush. One is covered in greenery. One has magnificent flowers. One is an item of absolute beauty to behold. Look at the other. It's barren. It's empty. It's dusty. There is nothing there. No growth frightening, foreboding. And this is what the Re'eh is all about. As we come to this Parsha, after going through the whole Torah, coming to the book of Deuteronomy, finally coming to this Parsha, what Moshe is saying, listen carefully to what I have to say. Understand that it's not huge secrets that I'm talking about. It doesn't take men of absolute genius to recognize the truth of the situation. All it takes is a degree of honesty to see what is ridiculous, what is stupid, what is unacceptable, what is ugly, what is offensive, what is wrong. 
open your eyes and you'll see what is right. And this is why the Parsha carries with it a tremendous lesson of sight. Toward the end of the Parsha, we talk about coming to the holy place three times a year, making a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, coming to the house of God and bringing her. And this is called Ola Regal to the pilgrimage to see and be seen. When a person makes that effort three times a year to open his eyes, to see and to be seen correctly and properly, one begins to understand the purpose of being. And as we go through the Parsha, what's the very first thing that Moshe tells the Jewish people? As you cross over into the promised land, the first thing that you have to do is rid the place of idolatry, the place of false religions, rid the place of negativity. Don't allow yourself to be influenced by that nonsense. And of course, as we take a look throughout history, Unless we've done those things, unless we have uprooted evil, unless we have removed negativity, unless we have pointed out to that which is wrong as wrong, it soon begins to envelop us. If we don't reject negativity, we allow negativity to become our mode of life. We allow negativity to overwhelm us, and we allow negativity idolatry, evil, to become that energy, that force within ourselves that rationalizes reasons in a particular sort of way. And we begin to talk nonsense. We begin to talk in a strange and foolish sort of manner. And this is what Moshe is telling. Open your eyes. Recognize what's right and what's wrong. Have the courage of doing the right thing. Wrong things cannot last. It cannot last more than a generation or two. And then it is gone. It is a false god. It is something which is simply empty and doesn't have the capacity of sustained development, only the truth of God. And this is the first thing that Moshe tells the people, have the courage when you come into the promised land to recognize those elements that are wrong and cleanse the place, remove those negative elements, because ultimately, if you don't, they will come to haunt you. They will come to destroy you as well. And this is what the Parsha of Re'eh is all about. But at the same time, after a person sees things on a, well, obvious level, on a naive and honest level, there is an inner sense, a profound sense of sight. And Moshe tells the Jewish people that as well. It's not enough just to see things and accept them and do them. Yes, you see them, you see them clearly, and you have the honesty and the courage to do the right thing. But then you have to understand the blessing and the curse. The blessing is if you listen and fulfill the laws of God. And you begin to look into each and every single one of them. You begin to understand them on a different level. You begin to examine each thing. You look at each and every single mitzvah with a different eye, with open eyes, with depth, with honesty, with clarity. And you begin to see the purpose of the mitzvah for what it is. And at the same time, you look at negativity, you look at the false gods, and you begin to examine that with a sense of profundity, and you will begin to recognize how wrong it is as well. And these are the two types of sight that has to be, in a sense, 
fulfilled in order for a person to see himself clearly, to see herself clearly, to see the world clearly, to see all of creation clearly, to see the various elements that make up this world clearly, to understand how to approach the month of Elul. Talk about soon the month of change, the month of repentance, the month of return, the month of huge preparation for the coming year. For Yantav Rosh Hashanah, days of repentance, Yom Kippur, for a brand new year. More of that soon. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. We're talking about Re'eh, seeing things, seeing things as they are, honestly. Seeing things as they appear, understanding what's right, what's wrong, what's acceptable, what's foolish, what's nonsense, what's real, what's holy, what's unholy, what's a blessing and what's a curse. And we speak about this idea of a deeper sense of sight, understanding things with a profound insight into what they really are. After we accept the truth of a situation on an honest objective level, we begin to study and learn. This is the idea of knowing the fullness of what is a blessing and what is a curse. And as I said before, the parish of Re'e always comes in close proximity to the month of Elul. The month of Elul, either on Shabbos Elul, or this Rosh Chodesh Elul as this year, or when we blessed in the month of Elul, but it's always connected to the month of Elul. And as we approach the month of Elul tomorrow, we have have to think about serious things. We have to think about what L stands for. We have to think that very soon we are going to stand before the King of Kings, the ultimate judge, and we are going to ask for a new year, a year of blessing, a year of goodness, a year of health, a year of sustenance, a year of prosperity, a year of unity, a year of goodwill, a year of peace, a year of all the things that each and every one of us prays for and hopes for. But in order to do that correctly, we have to have the month of Elul as a month of preparation. It's a time like any business. In the end of the year, you have to take a look at your report. You do an audit. You take a look. What have you actually made? You look at the various columns. What have you done? The credits, the debits. How have you fared this year? Did you sell your product? Did you sell your product well? Did you treat your workers well? Did you treat your customers well? You have to do an audit in order to understand how to go forward with tremendous prosperity in your business. So, too, it is in life. You have to have a self-audit to take a look this time of the year and ask yourself, how have I fared this year? What have I done this year? What have I accomplished this year? Are my debits bigger than my credits or are my credits bigger than my debits? Have I done wonderful things or have I perhaps done a couple of foolish things as well? Have I moved forward with a sense of joy, of purpose, of goodness, of holiness? Or have I stagnated? I've stayed in the same place. I haven't moved forward. My mind isn't where it should be. My heart isn't should be. And perhaps my behavior isn't as good as it should be. God gives us this month of Elul to fix those things, to correct those things, to take each and every one of them and to look honestly at them and to say to oneself, yes, perhaps I did not do as well as I should have, but now is the time to fix that up so that I can go forward with a new sense of hope and strength and greatness, not only to appear before the judge of judges, the king of kings, God Almighty himself on the day of Rosh Hashanah, and to ask for a 
new year, but to fulfill my purpose in the world as best I can. And this self-audit takes time, it takes effort, it takes honesty, it takes insight into oneself. One has to look at oneself. And how does one look at oneself? One stands in front of a mirror and looks at oneself. And as you stand in front of a mirror and look at yourself, you'll see a number of things. First of all, you'll see your superficial image, your face, what it looks like. You know who you are. You know what you look like, more or less. But sometimes you have to use that mirror to look deeply into oneself and to recognize those things that have to be corrected and to build on those things that are pretty good or very good. And the question is, how do we have the strength to do that? How do we have the ability this time of the year to go through that incredible process of return, of repentance, of preparation? How do we have the strength to do that? And as you've heard so many times, particularly this time of the year from myself and others, that this is a time when the king is in the field. God himself makes himself available to each and every one of us. Yes. And as explained time and again by the masters of Chabad, the rabbis of Chabad, how the king actually clothes himself in the garments of ordinary people. In other words, Metaphorically speaking, God presents himself to us in a way that each and every one of us can receive him. And he receives us, he approaches us, he embraces each and every one of us with a tremendous smile on his face. A smile that says, whatever happened in the past of a negative sense, we will deal with, we will correct. It's time to go forward. It's time to go forward with hope and with strength and with courage and with holiness. This is what the king in the field is all about. The king in the field is the proximity of divinity, of holiness, of godliness that takes place during this month of Elul. Yes, this month of Elul each and every single day is altogether different than any other month of the year. This month is filled with a different type of energy. It's not something that we can see, obviously, but it's right there. It is a sense of holiness, a sense of correctness, a sense of divinity that brings about a tremendous clarity into who and what we are. It heightens our senses of sight, the superficial sight and the inner sight, into ourselves, because ultimately it's by looking into ourselves that we begin to understand the world correctly. It's not only looking at the world and somehow reflecting upon that within ourselves, it's looking into ourselves to recognize our strengths, our weaknesses, our abilities, our hopes, our failures, our tremendous contribution to God's great creation. This is the idea of looking into oneself. This is the idea of teshuvah. This is the idea of returning. After all, as I said before, a soul is part and parcel of God himself, and therefore each and every one of us is connected to the very essence of God. And this is why this is the road back to that connection. The awareness that we have that connection, the awareness that we have that relationship, is something that gives us great purpose and gives us the energy 
to go forward, to go forward with strength, to go forward with hope, and to go forward with joy. This is the month of Elul. The month of Elul stands, the word Elul stands for Anila Dodi Bedodi Li. I make an overture to the Almighty. I reach out to Him. I pray. I do things a little bit differently, and He responds to me. The King is in the field, and He's right there for each and every one of us to take, to embrace, and to make our own as well. And this is why this is a month of doing doing things a little bit better, doing things a little bit differently. We pray a little bit better. We study a little bit better. We do whatever we have to do, the performance of mitzvot. We're nice to each other a little bit more, a little bit better. We're nice to, well, to everyone, close and far. We live a different, better type of life, a month that we learn to do things a little bit differently, a little bit better. We try to, well, resist the temptation of nonsense and foolishness. We try to stay away from that which is destructive and ugly. We try to stay away from that which won't allow us to grow. We look for growth. We look for development. We encourage. We don't judge. We don't criticize. We encourage each other to live that type of life as well. So when you're in shul tomorrow, and tomorrow's a special day to be in shul, not only the parsha that's going to be read, but don't forget you're going to have Hallel, it's Rosh Chodesh, you're going to say a special Hallel, you're going to say, well, a special Musaf, and you're going to read the parsha with a special Haftarah, the Haftarah of Rosh Chodesh, and you're going to hear the word Re, look, see, look what God gives you, look what God gives you, and look what God gives you during this month. May we have the strength, the courage, the hope to go forward with joy, to open our eyes, to celebrate our being, to be what we can be in the fullest sense of the word. Good Shabbos and good Chodesh.